ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Rap and Wrestle podcast. You guys know me. My name is Derek. You can follow Rap and Wrestle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Rap and Wrestle. Make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe. Today, a very special day. Got my man, Jeremy Prophet, all the way from Canada, bringing the good vibes, man. How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm glad to be here. Glad to share some insight with you guys over there in Jersey and to everyone out there within the sound of my voice. Uh, much like I do week in, week out for uh, Jofo Pod. That's uh, our show we got here. But uh, it ain't about us today. It's about you. It's about rap and wrestling. And I am looking forward to sinking my teeth into this bad boy. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, you reached out and, um, you know, you told me you wanted to talk about, you know, how hip hop and, you know, rap, how it influences what you do in the ring. Uh, let's talk about that, man, because, you know, for years, um, you know, hip hop, I think, has been like just a big influence on wrestling in general. But for you personally, how has it affected you and helped, you know, with your style? What you see, there's so many similarities between the hip hop game and professional wrestling. I mean, when mm -hmm. it comes down to it, you know, we're all hustlers here in wrestling. We're all trying to make a dollar and we're trying to make sure the people get their money's worth much like in hip hop. You know, when I come on a podcast like this, to me, this is kind of like one of my mixtapes. You know, when you can look up my body of work and then you can see me on here on Rap and Wrestle and what I had to say on there. And that can give people a little bit more insight into what I bring to the table so that they want to see what I can do in the ring to complement the personality and the man behind the spoken word. Much like, you know, when you listen to a mixtape, you hear an artist that's going to be pretty hot. So, you know, you want to know what he's all about. By the time he's dropping a big, big time album, you already know who he is. So, you know, we kind of got like a similar kind of underground scene here in wrestling. I always refer to myself as being, you know, maybe the best unsigned talent out there that my skills, you know, if you look it up on YouTube or anywhere, or you hear me talking in a podcast, you know that I got the tools. I'm amongst the best in the world with what I do and I can back it up. And I think the credibility is an important thing, just like having street cred when it comes to rap and hip hop. You know, I'm someone who, who's cut my teeth here on the independent scene, shared rings with a lot of big names, a lot of legends, a lot of guys who are gonna go on to be legends that I've met here on the independent circuit and they've been catapulted a little bit further. Um, I mean, we could talk about this from many aspects. Like, you know, you got different styles of rap and hip hop. You got different sounds that come out of the different parts uh, especially of the United States. You know, you got the whole bounce scene uh, down in uh, New Orleans. You got, uh, you know, the sound in uh, Memphis. You got, you got obviously East Coast, West Coast, which, uh, you know, a lot of bad blood there, but, you know, they all got their own sound. And so to me, it's kind of like what I do in the sense of, you know, we're trying to make a name. We're trying to get our word, our, 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 our name out there and be able to make sure that people say, hey, this guy's pretty hot. This guy's got something there. You're going to see him on a big stage. You're going to have a big label that's going to be signing him soon. And that's my quest. It's to make enough noise, maybe diss as many people as I can, or, or just say what I got to say and deliver a message so that they take note and say, hey, you know what? We should have this guy under our banner. So that's how I see a lot of similarities. And obviously when it comes to rap and hip hop, all you really got at your disposal is the spoken word and your image. With us, we're fortunate that we have the ability to go out there and actually perform and to, to, to fight more or less. So we have a bit more tools at our disposal, not to say that there aren't a ton of similarities there. And above all else, you gotta make sure people know who you are. They hear you, they hear your sound because it don't matter what you do if nobody knows who you are. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I would say uh, you, you did the best breakdown I think I've ever heard of anybody giving me the, those comparisons, man. I think, great job, I really enjoyed that. Oh, well, thank um, you. Thank you. 
Yeah, man. So for uh, when it comes to actually listening to, to hip hop or rap music, who are some of your favorite personal artists that you like to listen to? For me, a ton of great artists. Um, you know, unfortunately here in Canada, our rap hip hop scene, not as well known as, uh, you know, a lot of areas in the United States, for example. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my main influences for me, um, you know, are artists that come from the United States. Like I always say, when it comes to promos, you know, I don't look at guys in wrestling, you know, like, of course, you know, I, The Rock was great on the mic. Chris Jericho, great on the mic. I, I love those guys. My, my main influence is someone, you know, like an Ice Cube, you know, who can yeah. really just, you know, throw down on the mic, verbally slash up just about anybody. Um, like the famous quote where they said pretty much, you know, he could say something about someone and ain't no one going to look at that person the same when he's done. And yeah. that's like something that I pride myself on that I can do that kind of a promo where I can look at somebody, point out things that are maybe not visible to the naked eye. And suddenly people are going to open their eyes and be like, hey, you know what, that guy, he, he ain't all that, you know, profits, right? He's spitting the truth. Um, so a guy like Ice Cube and, and in general, NWA, they brought a lot of that reality into rap. I mean, you know, let, let's face it, when things were just, you know, the Sugar Hill Gang and, uh, you know, everybody smiling, dancing, having a good time, it was hiding the fact that there are some real tumultuous times going on in the world, especially in a place like Compton, in a place like, like, like the Bronx, in, in, in all over the country. And rap and hip hop, it wasn't all about, you know, good times and throwing your hands in the air and all that kind of thing. There was a reality behind it. And I feel like wrestling is kind of in that mode, whether they're stuck in kind of the, the, the jiggy mode or, you know, it's just about like, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to all have a smile on our face. It's all having a good time. You know, I watch some wrestling on TV and it's like, not to use a cliche from the WWE, but, you know, where has the ruthless aggression gone? Because yeah. right now in the world, we're living through some of the hardest times ever. People are suffering. People are dying. Things are not all, you know, ponies or rainbows out there. So the world is in tough times, yet you watch wrestling, and some may say you watch it as an escape to kind of get away from all that, but the fact is, is that there needs to be a little bit of reality reflected in the programming. You can't just turn a blind eye to what's happening on a daily basis, especially when you got fans working hard, paying their hard-earned money to watch that pay-per-view, to order the network, whatever it may be, and they're not getting a dose of reality in there. So, you know, I'm, I'm one who really likes the reality in all those different rap hip-hop scenes, and that's what I try to do. I try to fight my battles, my in-ring battles, scripted battles, but I try to mm -hmm. fight them using reality, using the fact that this is a world that we live in and it ain't always pretty and people gots to know. Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's big facts for sure. Um, for you personally, when you decided, you know, you wanted to take wrestling serious, um, you wanted to get into it, become a wrestler, uh, how did that journey start for you and how did that love build for you? I always had the love for wrestling. I mean, ever since I was six, seven years old, I saw wrestling on TV, saw Brett the Hitman Hart, and I was just hooked on wrestling from there. Never missed a week of it. Uh, started watching as much as I could. And then when I was done high school, uh, it just so happened that I had one of my best friends, his younger brother had gone to a local wrestling school to train with Jacques Rougeau or the Mountie, as some know him. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to come along. I went along, started there, did two years of training and then was off to the races in 2005. Uh, been, you know, grinding ever since, you know, trying to make a name for myself. Had some brushes with greatness, some ups, a lot of downs, but that's just the nature of the business. And, uh, you know, here I am today, 15 years later, still going strong, no injuries, no concussions, some bumps and bruises, but you know what? Hey, it's a physical game out there and I like the physicality. So when it comes down to it, that's all good and fine. 
But, uh, you know, there's going to be big things in the future because uh, one way or another, uh, I like to look at it kind of like 50 cent where it's like, you know, it's get rich or die trying. And yeah. so I don't care how much noise I got to make. I don't care how many people I got to put on blast. When it comes down to it, you're going to know who I am and you're going to know why I'm a first class talent in this business. And it's just a case of, hey, I haven't been given a big enough stage and a bright enough spotlight to perform under. But believe you me. Someone with my talent is not going to be held down too long. And eventually the bigger companies are going to take notice by hook or by crook. Yeah, definitely. I definitely believe that as well. Um, let's go back. So your, your first match, tell me uh, how you felt about your first match and how do you think you've progressed as a wrestler since that time? I think they were very generous in my first match because I wasn't thrown into the deep end right away. Uh, mm -hmm. I was part of a three team six-man tags. Maybe you might want to call it a nine-man tag of sorts. We were three teams, uh, elimination, three on three on three. And I really, I didn't do too much. I did a springboard spinning heel kick, uh, cross body, and, uh, you know, a few punches and kicks, took a few bumps, and that was about it. So, obviously, I didn't get to showcase all the tools in my toolbox, but, yeah. you know, it, it could have been worse. Like I said, you know, would I have been ready to maybe go out there and do a 15, 20-minute match? I might have been. Uh, I mean, you know, I had trained for it long enough, but when it comes down to it, I appreciate the fact that I was put in there with, uh, we were nine in the match, so with eight other people. So we all kind of shared the workload and all did the best. And, uh, you know, to look back at that match, you know, did I think it was going to be the start of a promising career? Hell yeah, I thought it was. You know, I didn't get in this business just to be someone that exists. I got in this business to make it to the top, to, you know, to fight the best, to show where my skills rank amongst the best in the world. And, uh, you know, I still have the same massive chip on my shoulder, maybe even more of a chip on my shoulder, because this business should be about the work you put in and then getting something out of it. But, you know, people toil away their entire careers, uh, just like, you know, people in the world toil away, uh, you know, doing lots of things, just like, you know, our ancestors toiled away on plantations, uh, you know, to reap no reward and no benefit. So mm -hmm. it should be about what you put in is what you get. Unfortunately, that loses its place to favoritism, friends of friends all these kinds of things. It, it, we're not doing a hundred meter dash out there. It, it's really a subjective sport and, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So you got to catch the right attention. You got to rub shoulders with the right kinds of people. I was always a guy who uh, felt like hard work would give way to results. You know, it was that simple. It's not that. It's really a much more complex cocktail and, you know, getting the word out there. People got to know who you are to know why you should be in a better place. It don't matter what you do. It don't matter how good you are. I, I look at TV and I'm like, these guys are not necessarily better than me. They've just been more fortunate. They've been more blessed to be in that position. I could easily be on there. I could easily be challenging for world titles and all the top companies. People just don't know who I am. But thanks to good folk like you who give me this opportunity and give me this platform, that's going to change very soon because, you know, you can only be denied for so long when you got the goods to be able to put money in someone's pocket. And that's what I feel. You know, if we want to throw it to a rap hip hop kind of reference, you know, mm -hmm. some of the top guys like Jay-Z, like 50 Cent, you know, these were guys that no one wanted to sign. So they had to go out, they had to do their own thing. So, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of look at myself in that light. Like I could be like the 50 Cent of professional wrestling where this guy's not signed to a major label, but he's going out there, he's taking names, he's leaving bodies and he can get it done on this microphone in that ring looks the part. Hey, I'm a professional when it comes down to it. I don't need to be signed to a big contract to say, I got to get my ass up and go to the gym every single day. You know, yeah. I don't got to be signed to a professional contract, top level contract to say, I got to eat properly to say, I got to practice my wrestling. I got to make sure I look the part, talk the part, walk the walk and talk the talk, do all of that. It's that simple. That that's star power in a nutshell. So I'm pretty much just waiting for that call. And I know it's going to come one day because 
hey, look, you know, I'm going to keep making noise. I got a big chip on my shoulder and uh, I don't care how many people I got to run through. I'm not your everyday independent wrestler. I'm not some guy who's sitting here in a t-shirt and shorts, you know, who, who looks like he should be sitting in the audience and, and doesn't carry himself like a professional. In my mind, I could be in there with the top guys. I could be in there with, with Dwayne The Rock Johnston, you know, if, if he had the guts to face me. Yeah. No, hey, I, I hear you. That's a Hey, you got to shoot great, big. That's a great mindset to have, man. I, I, I like that, man. Um, definitely, you definitely talk the talk for sure. I know that um, uh, you're a great talker for sure. Um, and that's led you kind of going into um, podcasting with Joe Fo in the ring. Yeah. Uh, just tell me how that relationship blossomed and, you know, just uh, some of the things that you guys have been doing and what fans should expect from you guys. Well, Jofo, they've had my back since day one. Um, you know, mm -hmm. going way back to the beginning, uh, the man, Frank Jofo himself, uh, we yeah. went to high school together and he put on some professional wrestling shows in high school. And I was one of the guys who said, hey, you know, there's, there's no bigger wrestling fan than me, unless it was maybe him. But I still think I had him beat. Uh, tried out. He, you know, kind of passed on me. But lo and behold, years later, many championships later, many matches with legends, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I made a name for myself. And just like they're doing here on Jofo, you know, he's making a name for himself in the podcasting industry, just like you are. You know, we're all we're all hustling to make a dollar here and to, to get our names out there. And that's pretty much how things came about is I saw them doing their thing, uh, got in touch with them, did an interview. And I said, you know, we could all work together. We could make this beneficial. You know, we don't got much like that here in Canada. Uh, yeah. You know, even our wrestling scene in Canada, any interview you, you watch with me, I'll always mention how the scouting isn't looking at us. You know, it's kind of like we exist in our own dimension here. Uh, it's not like in the United States where really you just got to put in the work, you know, do a couple good matches here and there, get a couple nice gifs on the internet. And, uh, you know, eventually the work pays off here. Nobody's watching us. It's like that tree falling in the forest and no one's around to hear it. So no matter how good of a match you do, it don't matter because people got to know who you are. So it's about getting people exposure, myself included, but also all of Canada, because we got tons of talented wrestlers here. But unfortunately, the big companies, they're not always paying attention to that. There's a couple of Canadians that made it, but they made it through going to wrestle in the U.S. And what fans don't realize is that we can't go and wrestle in the US and get paid without a proper work visa. They don't realize that there's a huge process to get in a work visa to be able to do it. People think, for example, like, oh, I don't wrestle in the United States because I'm not good enough. And it's like, yeah. I have wrestled in the United States. Uh, I never made a dime off of doing it, spent a ton of my own money to be able to do it, but I had tons of success. There's guys who are now you know, under contract in big companies who were opening match, curtain jerker match guys on shows that I was main eventing. So. Yeah. When it comes down to it, it's not an issue of talent not being good enough. It's that we have such a huge obstacle in our way preventing us from being seen by any of these companies. So, you know, we got to work twice as hard. We got to be 10 times as good. And uh, that, that's what it's like here in Canada. I mean, it, it just it, people don't understand that we got a lot of great talent here. Uh, you can look up companies like, like IWS that I wrestle for. And I would put their guys and their roster and their history of wrestlers up against any of the companies out there, any of the big guys, the PWGs, the GCWs, the CZWs, uh, you know, put them up against the, you know, Evolve. We have really good talent here. And that's why I'm using my platform to give a voice to all those guys, because someone in Canada has got to stand up and help our brothers out and make sure that we're getting seen. So I'm going to be the loudest voice if I have to. And uh, I got thick enough skin to be able to deal with any haters that may come my way because of it. Yeah, definitely. I definitely believe that. Um, you know, I've always wondered this about someone that wrestles and someone that also does 
you know, podcasting at the same time. Um, do you ever find like there's difficulties with you performing podcasting at the best of your abilities because you're a wrestler, you know, cause you know how it is sometimes you feel like you got to watch what you say, you know, you got to be careful. Do you ever feel like you ever, you, they interfere with each other? Oh, all the time. I mean, in this day and age, in this climate that we're living in, you always got to watch what you say. The stuff that mm -hmm. you say now, we couldn't have even said, you know, five years ago, let alone 10, 20 years ago, you go back and you look at that stuff. And a lot of times it can be held against you unfairly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, you always got to be on your toes. But I'm the kind of guy for one, uh, I take criticism really well. Like I said, I got thick skin. And I'm not a bad human being at heart. So, you know, you're not going to have me on here, uh, you know, saying any kind of reprehensible things about people. Uh, we're all in this game together. We all got into the wrestling business because for the most part, we all love the wrestling business. We were all yeah. fans. So to me, when I was younger, there weren't many wrestling fans around, you know, I'm sitting across from my producer here who was maybe one, one of the, the few and, uh, you know, th that's just what it was like. So I look at everyone in the wrestling business. I have respect for them. Even people, that I don't see eye to eye with. I have respect for them for at least having the balls to get in the business, to get in the ring, to take bumps, to put their bodies on the line for the people who pay their hard earned money to see them. So at the very least, there's always that respect, even if our viewpoints may be different. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh... And also one thing I'm proud of is that in a business that's known for backstabbing and lying and all those things, I ain't never put no knife in anyone's back. You know, my point of view was always, if there's somebody and they're higher than me on a ladder, I ain't trying to knock them down. I'm trying to step up my game so that I pass them. And I think if everyone had that mentality, there'd be less politics, there'd be less BS in this business, and you know we'd have a much better industry. Unfortunately, there's always going to be politicians, backstabbers, nepotism, all that kind of stuff. And you know people would just work harder instead of trying to. Some may call it work smarter. Some may yeah. say you know politics are part of the game. But the fact is, if people just stop stabbing each other in the back the business would be better as a whole. So I'm not a guy who's ever put a knife in someone's back. I just said, hey, maybe I got to up my game to get to where they are. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's a good good mindset to have as well. Um, let's talk about the uh, PCO Justice Web Series, man. That's a good thing I see that you're a part of. PCO is a great dude. I love him so much, man. Uh, just tell us uh, how you got involved with that and just tell the fans uh, what it's about. Yeah, I mean, PCO, he's pretty much a legend here. And that, that was before he ever started Ring of Honor or any of those things. PCO has been mm -hmm. someone who's always been able to reinvent himself. And, I mean, at 52, 53 years old today, doing yeah. some of the best work of his career, it, it's inspiring. It's crazy inspiring to someone like me to say, you know what, maybe I don't have a lot of time to make it, but looking at a guy like him, man, he made it after so long. He made it, he was no longer there, and he made it again. And I think yeah. that's what makes him remarkable is that you can watch him against anyone and he's always been able to keep up with whatever the new trend is in wrestling, whatever the people want to see. He's been able to give it to them. And with me and him, people think like, oh, you know, you guys must have known each other for a long time. I knew of him. I knew of him when he was part of the Quebecers and he was tag team champions in the WWE. But we never we never formally met. We never had a relationship. Um, you know, I did a couple of shows with him maybe back in 06, 07, uh, but never really talked to him much. And it was only in 20, I'd say 2017, somewhere around there, uh, we did our first match together. Uh, we were actually a, a tag team, he and I. Yeah. And then we had our first one-on-one, -on -one, maybe about a year after that in 2018, uh, just before he blew up and uh, caught everyone's attention, signed on with Ring of Honor. So uh, even then, you know, we only talked in passing here and there. And then all of a sudden, this past, uh, this past summer, uh, right around when I started appearing in the PCO Justice Series, um, 
mutual friend had told me he was looking for a guy just to do a one-off. It wasn't going to be more than just one episode. And I showed up and he said, well, we need a, a main villain for this series. Mm -hmm. And so I said, perfect. I can sink my teeth into that. You know, I'm, I'm, in my mind, I can be the, the biggest, meanest, baddest villain out there. And so one thing led to another. Sure enough, I've, in every episode, we still got a few more to go here before the season finale. And yes. there's a lot, a lot of good things on the way, a lot of, a lot of twists and turns. Uh, I mean, I love acting. I love being in front of a camera. I love hosting a podcast. Uh, you know, you put a microphone in front of me, I will hold people's attention. It is not going to be boring. And so yeah. with PCO, uh, also, I get the chance to work with him, to learn from him. And, you know, I think we learn from each other. You know, that's what's great about him is that he's not one of these guys who's been doing the business so long that he's jaded, he's blasé to anyone that comes along. You know, he'll pick my brain, I'll pick his brain. And I think that's what's great about the, the relationship that we have. And, you know, just calling a spade a spade, I personally think the rivalry that we have on PCO Justice every Monday would translate really well to Ring of Honor television. It's yeah. just up to them to put two and two together and finally pull the trigger on that because I look at their roster and I don't think they got anybody like me. And I've already had tons of great matches with a lot of the guys there, guys like Dalton Castle, Matt Taven, Jay Lethal. Uh, I, I could go on and on. I watch a Ring of Honor match and I'm like, wow, you know, I worked with this guy, had a great match, worked with this guy, had a great match. I think I could definitely be a perfect fit in there. And I think me and PCO, that same rivalry that's been built up every Monday could translate mm -hmm. really well to television for them. Yeah, man. Uh, so with Joe for in the ring, you guys have talked to, you know, a lot of great people with um, your personal wrestling career as well. You know, we just said you have a, a list of who's who's. Um, do you have a favorite person that you've ever wrestled with? And do you have a favorite person that you ever talked to in an interview? Yeah, I have both of those, and I can pull those names very easily for you. Um, my favorite opponent uh, is actually Speedball Mike Bailey, who we had on here already on Jofo in the Ring. Yeah. He's one of my best friends out of the ring as well. Um, I mean, I think he's everybody's best opponent. And if you guys haven't worked him yet, uh, you should. You know, he's, he's going to be uh, – uh, there's going to be big things in his future, I have no doubt, because you can't keep a good man down. Much like I look at myself, you know, he's, he's an even better man, an even better talent. And uh, I do think there'll definitely be big things in his future. He's going to be a very big name in the wrestling industry. Speedball Mike Bailey, by far uh, my favorite opponent. Honorable mention to someone I just mentioned before, too, Jay Lethal, uh, yeah. because I feel the match that he and I had, uh, we went tooth and nail. And uh, it was one of the first times I stepped in the ring with someone who can, who can bring it as much as me. And I mean bring it in terms of all aspects of professional wrestling. You know, can bring the violence and the intensity can bring the, the acrobatics and agility, uh, you know, can, can bring the entertainment. And it was, it was awesome getting to be in the ring with someone like, like Jay. So, you know, I got to give him props too. And in terms of favorite interviews, uh, it, it's not an interview that anyone's seen because it was actually my first interview in wrestling, which was before podcasts were even a thing. Like this was back in 04. I had done an interview with Chris Jericho uh, to hype one of his Fozzie concerts. And nice. to me, it was a pretty big thrill because here I am in college uh, and then, you know, working for the newspaper in the college at the time, one of our press guys gets back to me and says, Hey, we got this band Fozzie that, uh, you know, I talked to their agent and we can set up this interview if you want. I jumped all over it. Didn't think Chris was going to give me more than, you know, 10, 15 minutes, a few quotes here and there. Uh, he was at an airport at the time. We talked for like an hour. Uh, I may still have the audio from that somewhere uh, on, a, on an old school uh, tape recorder. Um, and I'll, I always say Chris Jericho gave me the best advice when he said, you know, the wrestling business, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But if you stick mm -hmm. with it, if you work hard, you're going to make it. He said, look at me. I made it. You can make it too. And those words stuck with me 
throughout my entire career. Chris Jericho, a man I looked up to, one of my absolute favorites, a guy that they, you know, didn't give an opportunity to in WCW, managed to turn himself into the first undisputed champion, managed to become one of maybe the top star in the wrestling industry right now, definitely at the top of AEW and one of the biggest ratings draws. So that always stuck with me. And uh, although I never got to cross paths with Chris Jericho in a ring, it's a match I would, I would always like to have because I feel like there's some similarities in how we perform. You know, we both do a lot of similar moves, you know, lion salts and whatnot. And yeah. uh, I do think that in terms of our skill sets, there's a similarity too, because Jericho, you know, he brings a good level of violence and viciousness in his wrestling, a good amount of athleticism, and he's always entertaining, which is the most important thing in wrestling because there's a lot of great talents out there. But if you're not entertaining, you ain't going to connect with the audience, especially the TV audience watching at home. People often forget that, you know, sometimes there's people watching at home that don't know wrestling. So you got to re-educate them or you got to have something special about you to hold their attention and make sure they're not going to change the channel and start watching Jeopardy or start watching Dancing with the Stars. You know, you got to make sure that they are interested in you, much like on a podcast. I don't want no one to turn on your podcast and say, hey, you know, this guy, this guy's boring us. You know, no, I want to make yeah. sure you're getting the bang for your buck. And so, yeah, with, you know, Chris Jericho, that was my favorite interview because that's something that almost before every match just resonates in my head that, you know, it's all about the work, put in the work and you will make it. And I believe that now in 2021 more than ever, and I'm going to work as hard to be as attention grabbing in everything that I do, even if I'm not able to be in the ring because we got this virus situation going on in the world, I'm going to put all my energy into these podcasts to make sure that the right people are watching and they will not be able to help themselves from taking notice and saying, this is something worth investing in. Yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> That's a great attitude. Great attitude. Um, we, you know, you're talking about 2021 as well. Uh, 2020, the year everybody wanted to get over with, get away from. We're trying to move forward from that. Um, what are your goals and what do you hope to ultimately uh, accomplish for this year, 2021? I'm just looking to get into a better place. Um, if I could list my goals chronologically, it'd be pretty simple. First mm -hmm. is get me somewhere better and then bring everyone else along for the ride with me. And when I talk about everybody else, it ain't much more complicated than this back here. These people yeah. in Canada that need this exposure, that the world should finally take a look and say, hey, you know what? These guys are just as talented as anyone else. So I'm looking to get to a major company to finally get signed, just like a rap hip hop artist trying to get on with a record label. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do. And then hopefully I can open the door for everybody else here uh, and also for the podcast game, because we got a lot of great talent in Canada. I say it all the time. And it's not just wrestling talent. It's the people involved in wrestling, you know, from the guys who set up the ring, the ring announcers to everybody involved. There are talented people with great skills that could be a compliment to all the big companies out there. So I'm going to use every resource I have to get me and to get all of them to a much better place. That's my long term and short term goal. Yeah, looking out for the home team. Definitely, I could, I could respect that for sure. Um, just like you said, can you name, like, who are some of, of those great talents that you think, you know, that some light should be shined on in Canada? Some of those uh, wrestlers that people may not know or even podcasters that you would like to, you know, mm -hmm. give a shout out to as well. Oh, there's too many to even name. I mean, I could throw some names out there. Everyone should know who Speedball Mike Bailey is. Uh, mm -hmm. Other people, like uh, you talk about both podcaster as well as wrestler, uh, you have Hannibal, Devin Nicholson. Yeah. He runs the Hannibal TV, top channel in all of Canada, self-made man, much like myself, a self-made man, not someone that a lot of people wanted to help along the way, but he managed to build up his brand on his own. So, you know, hats off to him for being able to do that. Uh, in terms of other great wrestling talent, 
uh, we got tons of people here in Quebec that you know more people should know about. Uh, a guy like um, like my buddy uh, Sexietti, you know, one of the most entertaining, diverse characters in all of wrestling. He had his time where he was you know a bit on the rise, but then unfortunately. Uh, like I said, it's hard for us here in Canada to be able to build up that name on the international stage that happens to just be, you know, an hour down the road uh, in your country, in the United States of America. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy like Frankie the Mobster, not a lot of people might know of, but if they knew of this guy, this is guy could be a top level talent in just about any company. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, you, you just you have to look no further than a company like IWS that's produced so many great talents over the years. It's just that, you know, people are not looking at Canada right now, and it's unfortunate. We got great, you know, tag teams. We got great uh, men, women, just about everything. But you know, we're not like the guys, let's say, from the UK that you know everyone's looking at England and those places. Uh, you know, we're certainly not like the United States, where it, it. No offense, but I mean, it's a lot easier to get seen. The visibility is right there. Um, you know, I know it firsthand because when I was wrestling there, it, it opened many doors for me. Just again, things are more difficult. But we got tons of great talent here in Canada. Uh, it's just we need the right eyes to be shone on us. And um, like I said, it's it, it maybe, you know, it's not my cross to bear, but I, I don't mind working hard. You know, I will do what it takes to make sure people get sick of hearing my voice and say, you know what, maybe we should look at Canada. And I've always said everyone deserves a shot. And even if it's a shot to fail, I yeah. think it's just unfortunate that some of us don't get that shot, whether it's, you know, to propel us higher or just to shut us up. I wouldn't mind a shot just to shut me up because I know I'll take that opportunity. I'll make something out of it. You know, this is what I work for day in, day out. And if I don't, hey, look, I only got me to blame. I ain't going to blame the person who gave me that opportunity, but I'm also not going to let them down. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, putting wrestling on pause, what are some of your favorite hobbies when you're not doing anything wrestling related? So no podcasting, not in the ring wrestling, uh, you know, just normal Jeremy the Pro- Jeremy Prophet. What are you, what are you doing? I mean, it's tough to say that because a lot of the things I do in the world are related to wrestling. It's (laughs) look, I always said, it's like wrestling is kind of like an education. You know, I want to have several master's degrees in Uh professional wrestling. So I spend my time watching wrestling, watching uh, international wrestling from different countries. Uh, I spend my time working out in the gym to be able to to look like something that people want to see. And in this day and age, you know, it, it's, it's like you're a living business card. You're a billboard for what you want the people to buy in. I'm selling this and I expect people to buy it and invest in it. Um, in terms of other hobbies, I mean, you know, um, my, my education's in journalism. Uh, yeah. I like to write. And that kind of translates into what we do here at JOFO. Um, you know, I, I try to expand my social media presence by being able to, you know, get more eyes on me. So I study that a lot. Uh, I'm a little late to the social media game, unfortunately, but uh, it's something that, you know, I work to catch up on. Uh, and like I said, you know, like I, I love to write. Um, I consider myself something of a, of a wordsmith, which could be seen uh, when I'm on the mic mm-hmm. in wrestling or, or out of it, even like this. But uh, writing is definitely a passion for me. Uh, I think I'd actually make a pretty good lyricist. Um, you know, if, if a company would want to invest in me too. And again, this is just a shout out out there. If anyone within the sound of this voice wants to throw some sponsorship my way, uh, you know, I'll always consider a good offer. Yeah, hey, definitely got to gotta take advantage of the good opportunities. Um, okay, so, you know, we're in the podcasting world. Uh, we're also fans of wrestling as well. Um, you know, everybody has an opinion on wrestling uh, mm-hmm. that you can give a voice to. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, things that are going on in wrestling today? What are some of the good things that you've seen 
uh, going on? And what are some of the things that you wish would improve? Well, you know, I'll start with the good, first of all. And I think okay. the good is that wrestling is really healthy right now. It's not like it was, let's say, four or five years ago when WWE had a monopoly on everything and they were pretty much the only game in town. The fact that AEW's come around, they've shaken up the game, they've changed the game, guys are getting paid more, guys have more places they can work, guys don't have to, you know, fall in line and, and take communion from the Catholic Church of Wrestling, a.k.a. the WWE. You know, now there are opportunities for people. So I think that that's, that's great. Um, that's one of the more positive things. And I think even for the fans, you have so much choice. Also with, you know, internet wrestling television, uh, you have access to wrestling, you have access to wrestling from so many different places. Um, you know, I can't knock WWE too, too much because the WWE network gives tons of people access to classic content. So you can actually see wrestling when it was way more popular. I always like to say, and if you've watched any of my interviews, I say how the WWE has lost more fans than any other professional sport. And the evidence is pretty simple. What the ratings used to be and what they are now. Yeah. So they, they've lost more fans than they, than they have, if you look at where the ratings were. Um, with that said, I think that those are people who still like wrestling, they just don't like what wrestling has become. So if you can show them a product that will hold their attention and entertain them, they will come back. So it's not as though the well is dried up, at least I don't believe that. So the fact that they have access to so much wrestling, that's a good thing and it's a step in the right direction. The bad, I mean, you know, I think the bad when it comes down to it is you get a program like, like Monday Night Raw, for example. And, and I feel like Raw has improved a little bit. They did a draft. They shook things up a little. But it's a program that is prone to falling into being boring and mundane. And the problem is, I mean, I even call it mundane Night Raw. But when it comes down to it, um, people want a show that's entertaining. So you have this show with a PG rating that is in prime time. Competing mm -hmm. against Monday Night Football. So, you know, the sports crowd already a little divided. Um, then you got primetime TV. You can't have a PG show, a kid's show going up against all these shows in primetime. You need something that's going to be cutting edge. You need something that's going to push the envelope a little. Because uh, again, are they making a show for wrestling fans? Wrestling fans will watch regardless. You need to have something that's going to engage the person who maybe isn't a wrestling fan or who used to be a wrestling fan. And I don't see that being put out on a weekly basis when I watch Raw or SmackDown, unfortunately. I'm just one guy with an opinion. But to me, wrestling was something that was a big juggernaut on Monday nights and now has become just another show. If even that people used to make fun of TNA saying that, Oh, well, their ratings are so low on a Thursday. Suddenly those ratings are now higher than what the show's getting on a Monday. So somewhere along the line, someone dropped the ball. And so I think that that's the bad of wrestling is that with a show like Monday night raw or SmackDown, it's been just so much of the same, so much of the same. And it's not a case of you bring in new talent. It's going to change that up. It's something has to change as a whole, they have to take a different approach. They have to realize we got to hook in more people to watch this or else, you know, we're just kind of existing. We're just kind of coasting. Uh, so that's something I don't like. On the other hand, AEW, they're new. They're starting out. They're already gaining a lot of ground. I enjoy watching their show. And I think that they have a lot of room to grow. And I think they're going to be giving WWE a run for their money pretty soon. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that as well. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, I have tons of friends that always, you know, message me or text me because they know I'm the wrestling guy. So they're always, you know, damn, I wish I could get back into wrestling. You know, I don't know none of these guys. It's so hard. It's so different. But it's like that time we've had, like in the 90s, it was just like it was a crazy time for wrestling. Probably the highest point wrestling will probably ever be 
and ever was. So yeah. it's hard to kind of reel those people back into what it is now. Well, you see, that's it's, my, it's so, it's so tough. That, that's, that's my message I'm trying to convey with me and what I do, because I watch a show and it's even just as simple as, hey, look, you know, everyone's going around with a smile on their face. Every, yeah. every heel is a cocky heel. You know, it's like, where is the actual ruthless aggression? You know, where is the violence? People don't want to see people on TV when they, they look at the wrestler and say, hey, you know, I could probably take that guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's like it's like everyone is, is me on the indies struggling to get there. They get that big money contract. And then all of a sudden they're just happy to be there. Everyone becomes complacent. They're happy to be there and they don't want to upset the apple cart because, oh, well, you know, I might end up getting fired and, and, and who knows what will happen at that point. You know, no one's got the aggression. No one's got the balls. The business is down. The, the guys can't handle the mic as well. They, they, they aren't getting it done uh, in the ring in terms of, you know, those matches that are really making people uh, talk about it the next day. And, and the writing is down. You know, as much as I say mm -hmm. the fact that the show is PG, uh, it doesn't hinder the writing from being good. There are a lot of PG shows that have good, intriguing writing that make you say when the show is done, I can't wait to watch next week. Unfortunately, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, they haven't done that for me in the longest time. I could watch an episode. I could miss an episode. Uh, a lot of times I feel like if I wasn't in the business and it's part of my homework to watch that, to know what's going on, I probably wouldn't watch. Uh, I mean, so yeah, they got my dollar every week, but I'm, I'm not the casual fan. This is just yeah. the way the business has gone. That, that, that ruthless aggression isn't there. And, you know, if you want a hip hop reference, it's kind of like, you know, okay, we're in this, we're, we're, we're enjoying the bounce music. We're, we're, we're enjoying, you know, Lil John telling us, uh, you know, to, to, to raise our hands and yell skeet, skeet, skeet. You got a bunch of white people yelling skeet, skeet, skeet. They don't know what it means. The reality has been siphoned out of the business and someone or some company is going to have to bring that back. Don't insult people's intelligence and make them think, hey, this is just a big party. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's got a smile on their face, even if they're supposed to be the top villain in your company. There needs to be a little bit of reality injected back into the business so that people know you're not taking their intelligence for granted. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Um, you know, the funny thing, as similar as wrestling and hip hop are, that's the one aspect I think that they kind of uh, differ in is that hip hop is quick to evolve when they see that fans don't react to something and wrestling is a little, they lag on that. They, they take a little bit longer to give the fans what they want because, you know, they got all these corporate guys that say, you know, this is the right way to do things. I know what I'm doing. You know, the fans don't know. So hip hop, I'll give them, I'll give them that credit in that they, they evolve a lot quicker than mm -hmm. they do in the wrestling world. And, and I do think the evolution comes from the reality that these guys live. I mean, yeah. if you look at it in wrestling, you got some writer, you know, done whatever, maybe 10 years in Hollywood. How is this writer, you know, middle class, Caucasian person going to write for someone, you know, to be a brother on the block when they haven't lived through that, when you haven't lived through hardship, when you haven't, you know, gone through adversity, when you haven't had the money to pay the bills at the end of the month, when you've had guns pointed at your head, when you haven't lived through that. How are you going to write and voice that for someone? You know, people yeah. want to say, uh, you know, like Suge Knight, for example, when, when he had, um, I believe it was, was it Death Row? Death Row, yeah. Death Row. And he insisted that you got to have street cred. You got to be a gangster if I'm going to market you as a gangster. Yeah. So how can a company be so elitist that they say, well, we got our writers who don't have this kind of life experience and all they may know about it is what they saw on TV or read in a book and then 
they're going to write and put the words in someone's mouth. And that's the problem with the scripted promos in, in, in any company yeah. is if you don't have the temerity yourself to, to go as the performer and say, you know what? I would not be saying this. This is not what I would say. You think it's like this because popular fiction tells you, mm -hmm. but unfortunately that's not reality. There is too much fiction seeping into professional wrestling. It, it has become, I won't say science fiction, but it's become contemporary fiction and it needs a dose of reality. And I think that starts personally with the writing and with the talent having the freedom to paint the picture they want. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, with you and everything you've been through with your wrestling career, um, someone who's trying to get into the business at this point, you know, a young guy or girl that decide, hey, they want to get into the wrestling business. What is the advice that you would give to them? I mean, I would say that the same thing Chris Jericho told me. It ain't easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to live through more hardships than good times. But if you don't give up, you can make it. It's not hard to make it. Dedicate yourself. You know, make your life about wrestling. Live, breathe, eat, sleep, wrestling. Learn as much. You can never stop learning. You can watch... I, you know, and I say this, and sometimes people criticize me for it, but you can watch anything. You can watch backyard wrestling and learn things, even if it's learning what not to do. You know, you can watch any program on TV and apply it to professional wrestling. When you see a character you like in a show, think to yourself, why do I like this guy? What does he do? What are his nuances? What are his, what, what are his intangibles that I can adapt to my persona and my character? You know, you can, you can take from everywhere. Just, just see what connects with people, what connects with you, what you feel, yeah. and then make that a part of what you do for your wrestling, for the spoken word when they put that mic in front of you, for, 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 for what you wear. You know, I, I come on here to do this interview with you. Uh, I don't want people to see me and say, hey, this is just some other guy. Yeah, he's got, he's got the lyrics, but he's just some guy. No, I want everything to speak for who I am, my appearance, my, my words, uh, and of course, my wrestling. So it's just sharpen and fine tune your tools. And, you know, also don't let criticism get you down. You know, you got to tank through the criticism. You know, uh, there's a famous quote from, from R. Kelly where he says, you know, there's a million people that hate me and there's 10 billion that love me. So you got to be able to take the heat. You got to be able to handle the criticism. I've been criticized. I probably will be criticized more, but you got to have a strong moral compass. Uh, you got to know your true north and you got to know your direction and know that what you're doing is going to get you there. You got to know your own identity so people can't brainwash you. And I know that's a lot to go into, and I don't want to get too philosophical, but that's the kind of business we're in. It's a, it's a subjective business. There is no template for how to make it. It's just try to be as good and work as hard at everything that you do, and then you'll be undeniable. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, just with, you know, wrapping everything up, um, I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, you know, bring up, you know, something that has affected uh, wrestling a lot this year, you know, COVID has taken everybody out in all aspects of life. Um, I know you've been, you talked about it a little bit on your Twitter as well. How's everything going in Canada? And uh, how are you guys uh, just adapting to, you know, everything that's going on? Oh, we got it rough here. I mean, right now we're under curfew. So for example, uh, at the time of this recording, I think it's uh, 7, uh, 724, 725. We got a curfew goes into effect at eight o'clock. You cannot leave your house unless it is for essential reasons. First night of the curfew, helicopters patrolling the skies of downtown Montreal, cops on tons of street corners. If they catch you and you don't have some form of proof that you're going to work 
to do something essential, you're getting fined. You're getting fined between $1,000 to $6,000. So wow. we, we got it rough here. We're the only province in all of Canada that has that kind of a restriction with a curfew. Um, and and it's, it's frustrating. Um, I don't think it's the right course of action, but I'm not a politician in the ring or out of the ring. And certainly, I ain't a politician in Canadian government, nor would I want to be. However, I don't think it's the right course of action because we've seen how it's been handled already in other markets. For example, um, you know, lockdowns not going into place uh, anywhere in the United States, or curfews, I should say, like we have here, not going into place in the United States. I don't think that would ever be considered because I think the people would rise up against it for one. And we've seen that we got to learn how to live with the virus, not to live in fear of it. But fear is the biggest motivator of anything. I mean, if I were to tell you right now there's going to be a plague and everyone's going to die unless you buy this magic pill from me, fear is the biggest motivator. You would do it. Anyone would do it. So unfortunately, I feel like sometimes fear is weaponized. And rather than looking at, okay, how can we give people the best sense of normalcy and life and help to boost the morale of the public. Instead, they think, okay, well, we just gotta get the numbers down. We gotta crush this, and we don't care how it's gonna affect the mental health of the people who are dealing with this. It's, we gotta learn to make life go on in spite of this and fight this. And uh, yeah, we got it rough here now, but I'm an optimist. I'm an eternal optimist. You know, that's when I look at wrestling, when I look at anything. So when it comes down to it, uh, I ain't going to give up fighting against this, and I'm going to stay as safe, as healthy as possible. Uh, I encourage people to, you know, take the precautions, wear the masks, check your temperature, wash your hands, do all those things. You don't want to be contaminating your neighbors and whatnot, but also don't lose sight of the fact that this is temporary. Life goes on, and life will go on. Don't be uh, a, a shut-in, and I don't mean, you know, not staying at home. I mean, don't be a shut-in in your life just because certain things have changed. We will get through it, stay positive, and it ain't going to be an easy fight, but we ain't going to lose this fight either. Definitely, yeah, that's for sure. And, um, you know, brighter days are <clears throat> brighter days are ahead, and, you know, brighter days are definitely ahead for you, Jeremy, as well. And um, I'd just like to thank I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to thank you for taking this time out. And, and better you know, days are ahead for, for, for you too, you know, because you, yeah. run, you, you run a great podcast. I, I, I didn't just reach out to you arbitrarily. I just yeah. think that there's so much crossover between rap and wrestling that it's mm -hmm. good that somebody's got their finger on the pulse and is helping to connect those dots. So, I mean, you're doing a fantastic job as well, and I hope that you'll continue in that. And if I can encourage a few good brothers to do the same as me and get on here and speak their truth, then yeah. I'm going to definitely send them your way and make sure that, you know, we, we get a little bit of reality here into wrestling and help to advance the game just like they've done on the other side in rap and hip-hop. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that, man. And, um, you know, for our fans that want to follow you, they want to connect with you, they want to check out Jofo in the ring, uh, how would they do that? Yeah, well, not hard to find. You know, you can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy Prophet. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-P-R-O-P-H-E-T. You can check out the Jofo in the ring Twitter. You can check them out on Instagram as well. Uh, we got a pretty good social media presence. And also on YouTube, if you want to subscribe to Jofo in the ring, You'll get a lot of great content. You'll hear me breaking it down on a weekly basis. You'll hear great interviews that we have with uh, friends and maybe some people who aren't my friends, but you know what? Anyone's welcome to come on here. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to follow in this day and age with social media. So whether you, you like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you'll find us all on there. And if you want to watch me each week on hashtag PCO Justice, you can see that too. 
And uh, if you want to find me on YouTube, we got a great playlist on the Jofo uh, YouTube. So give us a subscribe. Check out some of my matches, some of my interviews. And uh, I guarantee you will not be disappointed. See what the hype is all about. And if you want to talk to me personally, you're more than welcome to. I, I enjoy talking to people. Definitely. Definitely make sure you uh, well, give I'm Jeremy here. a follow. Yeah, give Jeremy a follow. Definitely check out uh, Jofo on the Ring. I could definitely vouch those guys have a great social media presence. They put out a great product, a lot of great shows, a lot of great interviews. So you guys are killing it as well. And uh, I respect you guys a lot. Um, so definitely make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out Rap and Wrestle. Like I said in the beginning, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, listen to this on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube as well. Anywhere you get all your streaming needs. And for this episode, it's Derek, it's Jeremy Prophet, and we both are out.